Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. When you're the pastor that has a newborn infant at home and it's Christmas time, you get to preach the message on Mary, and I'm excited to do that today. I guess the moral of that lesson is that diapers and bottles and exhaustion have its perks. So uh, we're going to take a look at the story of Mary today, and I want to introduce you to my newborn daughter, Naomi Anastasia. And if you haven't had a chance to meet her yet, and most of you haven't, this is her. She was born on December 2nd, and we are loving her to death and so glad that she's a part of our family, and she certainly brought joy to all of us. <clears throat> I have a confession, though, to make, and that is that my first reaction to hearing the news that Brooke was pregnant was tears. And they weren't tears of joy. Uh, I wasn't mad. I wasn't uh, upset. Uh, I wasn't even terrible. I wasn't surprised. We were kind of trying to, to have a baby, and, and Brooke isn't exactly stealthy with her pregnancy tests. But I was overwhelmed. I started thinking about things like how old I was going to be when she graduates high school. Or that we had just gotten to the point where the kids could stay in the house while we went for a little walk around the neighborhood. And she, Naomi, is going to be with us for the foreseeable future at all times, basically. I, I thought about the fact that to one degree or another, I was going to be responsible for her care primarily when my wife goes back to work after her maternity leave. And all of these things just kind of piled on top of one another and I felt overwhelmed. Thankfully, Brooke was gracious enough to give me a, a few days to spend some time praying and I did a lot of praying and, and thinking and processing things. And, and very quickly, God worked in my heart and my mind, and I was able to get my mind around it all and, and to anticipate and look forward to her arrival. And she does, at all times, give us joy. Well, maybe not 3.30 feedings in the morning, but almost all the time, she brings a lot of joy to my life and to our family. I share this experience and my reaction to, to Naomi's birth and, and the news that she was coming because this year, I'm kind of looking at Mary with a new set of eyes. I'm not by any means suggesting that my circumstances and the way that I process it are the same way as Mary's. But I think we're going to find a little bit of a processing journey that Mary went through when she got the news that she was going to be pregnant with a miraculous child. Listen now to this scripture reading of our passage this week. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying, 
and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will have no... We're going to start that over. <laughs> it's always the first one's the best one. All right. Kind of gets in your head a little bit. It does. And I'm like, to be honest with you, this is the smallest print I've read in a long time. <laughs> right. Do you need it off your... I, mean, I don't care. You can do uh, it out of your phone or whatever. I think I got it. Let me try it one more time if I can't. Because I lo that one time I'm like, wait, what line am I on? Now? All right. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to the town of Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So we heard the story that Mary got the news. Here was this obscure, not very well-known, probably teenage girl. She was getting to get she was ready to get married and anticipating and God enters in and gives her this news that she was miraculously going to have a baby. And not only that, it wasn't just that it was going to bury a miraculous birth, but this was not a baby. This was the baby, the baby that had been promised and looked forward to 
for centuries that was going to fulfill the promises, the baby that was going to be the very Son of God, the Savior of the world. Mary had a lot to process in a little bit of time. And the, the passage in Luke kind of spells out her journey. And I want to walk us through it because it's leading up to a moment of joy. Mary didn't necessarily have joy right at the beginning, but she got there. And we're going to see her journey through this passage. The first thing is that Gabriel the angel comes and visits her and shares the news that she's going to, to have this birth. And just the greeting troubles Mary. It says, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. An angel of the Lord says, Greeting, O favored one. Now maybe Mary thought this was a little bit ironic. There was certainly nothing in her life that would indicate that she was something special before this moment. She was a small town girl that was getting ready to be married and live in that day what would have been a fairly normal life. Was, was God kind of playing jokes with her? And then she was kind of fearful and, and maybe even processing like if I'm in the, the, uh, the presence of God's representative, am I even going to be able to survive this? And so she was trying to figure out what, what is going on here? What is this greeting? What is happening? This doesn't normally happen. Which then leads to the next part of her processing journey, and that is that she was confused. The angel explains this miraculous birth and, and the, the, the baby Jesus' identity and who he was as far as fulfilling promises and that it was going to happen in a miraculous way by a, a virgin birth. And, and Mary asked a normal question, how will this be? She was going to give birth in a way that, that's not the normal way that anyone else in all the world has given birth. How will this be? She was confused as to what was going on. Remarkably then, the next step in her journey though, is one that, that I would kind of describe as maybe like an optimistic resignation to this plan. I don't know that she has completely figured it all out yet. And we're going to see in the, the next verse or, or so that, that she's still trying to process it. But she 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 becomes resigned to this plan of God. And she says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to thy word. She might not have had all of the answers, but she was willing to say, Yes, this is truly God's representative. And if this is God's plan, I'll go along with it. I want to pause here and, and ask before we go any further in our task, text, what is God calling you to do? What, what is God calling you to do? And, and when I say that and when I ask that question, I'm not thinking that all of us are going to have a miraculous visitation by an angel tonight and there's going to be some remarkable plan given to us. And nor am I, I talking about kind of the a vague, mystical, spiritual sort of leading or hunch that God might be calling us to do something. Or, or maybe it's God, or maybe it's bad leftovers that we ate. You know, we're not quite sure. No, what I'm talking about is what are some of the things that God has clearly called us to do 
from his word, the Bible. God has given us a lot of very clear instructions that says, this is my will. This is what I'm calling you to do. Things like for those of us that are, are married, that we would love or respect our husband or wife, our spouse, very well. If we're parents, that, that we would love our kids in a way that encourages them to love God and to love others. And to not exasperate them or, or make them upset, but that they would then in turn honor their parents. And that's a call that God has on us as children. He's called us to do things like work hard and work for His glory and honor in the jobs and vocations that we find ourselves in. And that's true whether we like our job, whether we have a good boss, or whatever the case may be, that that is what God has called us to do. And then he's called all of us to be involved with sharing Jesus with our neighbors, with our family, with our friends, and explaining to them the good news of his coming and his death and his resurrection and the difference that it can make for eternity. Now a lot of times what happens when we think about these calls and, and these uh, desires of God that he has on our life, we have all sorts of questions. I don't know what my new daughter's, Naomi's, personality is going to be like. I know she doesn't like it when she's hungry right now, but that's, that's about it. How am I going to properly raise her? There's a lot of questions that I still have. A lot of times we let all of these questions about how or why or what we're supposed to do specifically paralyze us from action. And Mary, I think, provides us with a good lesson and example that it's helpful for us to keep in mind. And it's this idea that willingness is more important than answers. Willingness is more important than answers. Mary was willing. She said, let it be according to thy word. She was willing to go along with God's call on her life. Even though I don't think she had all the answers as to how this was going to happen, when it was going to happen, what it all meant, she was still trying to figure those things out. And so we, again, we ask the question, are you willing to do what God asks you to do? We have a bunch of things in scripture that God has clearly called us to do. Are you willing to say, yeah, God, I may not have all the answers for how or why or when or, or how I can get into those types of conversations with my, with my kids or my neighbors or my coworkers, but I'm willing to do what you're calling me to do. And I'm going to trust that each step along the way, you'll help me know what the next step is. Mary continues her processing, and this is why I think she's not quite put it all together yet. It says there that, that in those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Elizabeth was her relative. She was advanced in years, was, was beyond childbearing years, and she too was experiencing a miraculous birth. Last week, Pastor Josh talked about Elizabeth and her husband and, and that circumstance. You can go back on the website and, and find that sermon. But what happened with, with Mary was, she, all she knew was, okay, Elizabeth was given as a sign. I'm going to go talk to Elizabeth and try to process this, try to figure it out, try to see what's actually happening. 
And I think that's a good example once again for us to consider and that is, is that, that when we don't understand God's calling, that we would seek experience, that we would seek older believers with experience. That, that we would reach out and say, hey, I'm not quite sure how to be a parent. I'm not quite sure of how to be a parent of teenager. I'm not quite sure how to, to work in an, a workplace that, that's filled with people that, that are contrary and, and antagonistic towards my faith. I'm not sure how to respond to a boss that doesn't seem to have my best interests in, in mind. And how do I work to the glory of God in that circumstance? It would be wise of all of us when we get to those points in our life to seek out older Christians, those with more experience in the faith, that we admire the way that they've sought to live and to reach out to them and to say, hey, can you help me understand? Can you help me process God's calling in my life right now? We want to continue to try to develop a culture within our church of that type of relationship. And if you're ever interested in being invested in by someone that's a little further down the, the walk of faith than you are, or, or maybe you're someone that has a lot of experience and you say, I'd love to connect with someone. If you would let me know and, and begin a conversation, I would love to partner and to, and, and to introduce you to some people that, that might be a good fit uh, for you to, to gain some insight from someone who's a little further down the road. The last word that kind of shows this journey and, and gives us confidence of, of Mary processing this in an appropriate way is Elizabeth's words at the end. And it says there, and, she, and blessed, this is Elizabeth speaking, is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Very quickly, all along, maybe after that initial like, whoa, what's going on here? And am I going to die? Because I'm talking with an angel. Mary became convinced in her heart and she believed. She might not have had all the answers. She might not have been able to explain it in a way that made sense to her fiance or, or her family and, and all of that right away, but she believed the Lord. And Elizabeth said, hey, I want to acknowledge that belief. I want to praise you for that. You are blessed for believing that there would be the fulfillment of the word. Elizabeth had gone through that. Her husband may have come back from the temple and he couldn't speak because he was silent, but, but may have explained what happened. And, and she believed and trusted and very quickly was pregnant. And we come through this good news, great joy, and, and we get to this point and we see Mary's process of internalizing this and working through it. And then after all of these things, at least a couple of days, she gets to the point then where she is ready to respond with joy. And I want to read the next passage that, that shows this expression of joy. It's sometimes called Mary's Magnificat or Mary's Song. And it says this in verse 46 of Luke chapter 1. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. 
He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away, uh, sent, away sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, and he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Mary responded in the way that we should. She responded with joy to God's work. And that's the lesson that, that I think we all need to make sure that we take away from this passage today. That we are to respond with joy to God's work. It may take us a little bit of time to process. Uh, in an ideal world, and, and we look forward to, to a perfect future when Jesus returns in that, and we will immediately respond with joy to God's work. And we should probably do that today, but we're not quite there yet, and we're all still works in progress as well. And so we need to, even if our first reaction is confusion or being troubled or trying to figure it all out, that we would get to the point of responding with joy to God's work. And the amazing thing is that Mary said, My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he who is mighty has done great things. And the things that she highlights, with the exception of her statement that, you know, generations will call her blessed, and, and we certainly do, we're talking about her today, thousands of years later but but with the exception of that phrase all of these things very easily we could echo and speak back to God ourselves God has done great things for us the first thing is that, that God the mighty for he who is mighty has done great things for me verse 49 God the mighty has done great things for me and what are some of those things we see in this passage first that God the Mighty has saved us, has saved me. It says, I rejoice, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Christmas is a wonderful holiday and Jesus coming into the world was the great gift from God, but that was only part of the gift. Jesus came not just to be an example, not just to be an expression of generosity, but he came to be our Savior. And one day, he died on the cross in our place, and he rose from the grave so that we could have forgiveness of sins and life with God that lasts forever. I trust that you have made the decision. The Bible says that if we believe with our hearts and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we will be saved. And I trust that, that you've made that decision to have Jesus as your Savior. And one of the great works that God has done for you is that Jesus has saved you. If that's not yet the case for you and you haven't yet put it all together, I would invite you to make that decision today. To say with your heart, to confess it with your mouth, and to say, yeah, Jesus, I need you to save me. I am a sinner and I'm trusting in your death on my behalf and your resurrection from the dead to give me forgiveness of my sins and life with God that lasts forever. If you'd like to, to learn more about this simple message of salvation from God, you can go to our website and go to the page Branch Life Church 
slash the gospel. And there you can find a little video and some more explanation of this simple message. And then you'll have an opportunity to let us know if you have more questions or if you have placed your faith in Jesus. And we would love to celebrate with you the gift of eternal life this Christmas season. The passage continues and explains more of what God the Mighty does for us. And he says, God the Mighty knows and sees me. Verse 48 says, For he looked on the humble estate of his servant. He looked on the humble estate of his servant. The remarkable thing is that the God of the universe, who created all things, who is all-powerful, who is everywhere present, who is aware of everything that is going on in creation all at one time, he knows and he sees you. He knows and he sees me. And he desires to have a relationship with us through his son that he sent into this world. Jesus. That's a remarkable thing. The God of the universe knows and sees you. No matter how lonely, no matter how isolated, no matter how many broken relationships may be part of your life. God knows you and sees you. He goes then and and also says in this passage that God the mighty exalts those of humble estate. Exalts those of of humble estate down in verse 52. Excuse me. And we think about all of the things that that have happened. And you say, well, I'm not an exalted state. I'm not a celebrity or famous or anything like that. Listen, if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you have been exalted in ways that are probably beyond our comprehension at this point. You have gone from being an enemy of God's to being a beloved child of God's. You have have gone from, from being lost and dead in our sins to having life with God that lasts forever. You have gone from, from being punished and facing the prospects of an eternity in hell to being an heir with Christ of the inheritance of God. We have been exalted in amazing ways And it's not because we're great. It's because we have a mighty God who loves us and sent his son to die for us. Continues on, says, God the merciful, or God the mighty, provides for me. He has filled the hungry with good things, verse 53. Again, if you're watching this and and that there... Very likely, we may have some some needs and some pain points and and that at various points in our life, but chances are that that you have a roof over your head, you generally have food to eat, uh, you have the basic provisions that you need for life. And God has in fact promised that as long as we're to live, that he will give those daily provisions for us. It may not always look like we would hope for or, or what we think, but God provides for us. And when we're hungry, he fills us. Lastly, God the mighty is merciful to us. The fact of the matter, and we touched on it a few times through this, is that we don't deserve any of these things from God. And mercy is not getting 
what we deserve. What we really deserve from God is punishment because of our sin. What we really deserve is the weight of, of guilt on our lives. But God is merciful, and because he sent his son, we don't have to face those things. It says here uh, a couple of times, it speaks of God's mercy. But in verse 54, it says, In remembrance of his mercy, he dealt with Israel in this way, and he deals with you and I out of his mercy as well. When we start to process and think through all of the ways in which God the Mighty has done great works for us. I don't know how else we could respond but with joy. That we would have a happiness and a gladness, a peace that God has done all of these things. And so we ask the question today, how will you respond with joy? We'd love to hear what your response is and to pray along with you. You can fill out your connection card at branchlife.church. Here are some suggestions that, that I think kind of arise from the text of, of some ways that you might consider responding in joy. The first is that, that you would pray. And maybe you're at a point like I was when I got news of our impending pregnancy where the immediate reaction wasn't necessarily joy in the moment and that you would pray and ask God for help to give you joy, to rejoice in his work. And you know what? When you do that, I really believe that he will give you joy. And then that you can sing and declare, there's great Christmas songs and music at this time of year that declare the joy of Jesus and the joy of our faith. That you can sing and declare your belief and encouragement. I'm going to just start again from... So the question that I have for you today is how will you respond with joy? I really would like to know and to hear and to pray along with you. And you can let me know by filling out your connection card at branchlife.church. I want to share with you a few ways that, that I'm thinking of responding with joy. And they kind of arise out of, our circums, out of our passage today. The first way that you can respond with joy is to pray. To pray. That you can ask God, maybe for help if you're where I was and not exactly joyful in the moment when God's work is evidence in your life. That you can say, God, help me to rejoice in what you're doing. Or maybe you are joyful and you are glad and you can just talk to God and express that to him. And to say thank you for this joyous circumstance that you've brought in my life. Another great way to respond is to sing and to declare with music, our joy to the Lord. You know, music is able to communicate our emotions in ways that, that really are hard to do otherwise. 
And so that you would sing, maybe as part of our service today, or that you would sing on your own or with your family or in your car, and you would declare out the greatness of God through song. And then that you would celebrate. We're coming into the week of Christmas. Today is traditionally called Christmas Sunday, and it's a fantastic week to, to celebrate and to to. To, to talk with our family, to talk with our friends, and we can have a great meal and have lots of fun and presents and all of that can, can be part of it, but at the center that we would remind ourselves of the greatness of our God's work that he sent his son, Jesus. And I would encourage you to find meaningful and unique ways to celebrate, even if we can't get together in some of the ways that we normally do. Uh, one great way that you can celebrate is by signing up for our virtual Christmas experience. You can't cancel Christmas. And it's about a half an hour long, and it'll be a great celebration that you can enjoy on your time schedule. And you can sign up, as with everything else, on our website, branchlife.church. Mary had to go through a processing uh, journey to get to the point where she responded with joy to God. Maybe you're in the midst of a processing journey, but I would encourage you, when you stop and you think about all the great things that God the Mighty has done for you, that He's saved you, that He provides for our needs, that He's merciful, that we're known and seen by God, that we can respond with joy to God's work. Let me pray that that would be the case for all of us today. God, thank you for the great work that you've done in our lives. Help us to respond with joy to your work. Thank you for sending Jesus, and thank you that we can have all sorts of fun celebrating that with this Christmas week. We ask this all in his name we pray. Amen.